0: Hold My Drink with Charlene and Ellie a Go Light original podcast proudly sponsored by Coca-Cola Zero Sugar an ice cold can of Coca-Cola Zero Sugar is so irresistibly tasty it's worth protecting When we have a lack of uh, sex education, you're absolutely going to have shame in Mm -hmm. completely immersed in that experience of, of what sex is for you until you learn how to slowly move towards those conversations, you know? so there's a difference right so between emotional connection and emotional investment and where most people get mixed up in casual sex um or you know friends of benefits is that they don't know the difference between these two and they don't even know that it's that there is a difference I right know that. yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're not having great sex and you would like to have better sex, you're looking at things like how do you explore your own body to figure out what it is you actually like? Because if you talk to people, talk to couples who aren't having great sex, Mm -hmm. what you will find is that they
1: actually don't know what they like and what they don't like themselves. Welcome to How My Drink with Charlene and Ellie. Our podcast is like a group chat between your best friends, the girls branch on a night out where you spill all the gossip on relationships, dilemmas and life. We are so excited to share that today's episode is proudly sponsored by Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, which has a magical, irresistible taste and needs to be protected at all times. Nothing beats a nice cold can of Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. I have to hide mine at home. Yeah. Had one last night with a pizza. And it was... No one had took it yet. No. Not in time. But I always leave a little bit... I don't know why I do this. I always leave a little bit um, in my can until I fully finish my food. For the final sip? Yeah, it's the final and then I know I'm done. The end of the first yeah, sip, so. the final sup and yeah, that'll just sells everything. Yeah, sells all, oh, <laughs> love. it's so good; it's worth protecting. How far will you go to protect yours? So on this week's episode of How Drink, we had Jenny Kane, who is a sex educator in Ireland, full of knowledge, full of <laughs> so much knowledge. Mother of God! We talked about. Every, like I can't even think of it now, everything. We talked about, yeah, how to start a conversation around sex, Mm Mhm. talked about porn sex versus maybe the reality of it, pain during sex. STIs. Is it normal not to enjoy sex? Mm, Everything, everything and anything. And it was just so interesting to hear from like a professional. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we learned a lot. Also how to stop having bad sex. Yeah, which is important. Then we also done our way to Italia, where I nearly got arrested. <laughs> Secrets and stalls, which also were sex dilemmas for this yeah. week. Seeing as, as Jenny was here, she helped us out. Our um, peak or bleak of the week. And our super skip. And that's us. Hope you enjoyed. If you're a return listener, welcome back. And if you're a new listener, welcome. much Drink is out for you every Wednesday. We also have bonus episodes every Monday. So you can listen to more of us now on the Loud app or wherever you get your podcasts. We... Doing live shows, Woo-hoo. so we um sold out of Cork, which was crazy. Crazy, we woke up, put sold out. Yeah. Westford is sold out, mm-hmm. Vicker Street, um, Saturday and Sunday. There is sickle, sickle, <laughs> sickle street. There is single tickets left, and we can get them now on Ticketmaster. And basically, some someone actually checked some. Do you know there's tables in Vicker Street? Yes, so if your num, if your ta- thing number is a like 9192 or whatever, that's your table number. Yeah, it says floor. row. row. Yeah, it will that's say row, say, it's the actually your table. Yeah. But I see a few single tickets and there was like row 90 and row 91 and stuff, like close by. So they're at a table. They're literally, so they're literally beside you. Yeah. Like your friend will be beside you. You might not be like, I'm sure whoever's sitting on the table will let you sit beside you, yeah. And like, their tables are, like imagine a little table with four people around it. The tables are quite close as well in in a good way. Yeah, Yeah. in a good way. Like, you'll be literally beside your friend. So, if you're looking to go you haven't got a ticket, um, definitely pick up a single ticket or even go by yourself. Mm -hmm. Meet some new birds. And then, (laughs) Libra! We're coming home, like. I think everybody copped it when we were singing them. Yeah. Coming home. There was a nightmare with the uh, website the website crashed. crashed For a good half an hour Everyone so. came, went on it in a crash That wasn't really great But anyway we got over that So Limerick Thursday the 16th of Are we October? Or November? November November November? Sorry I was like what? <laughs> so Limerick is Thursday the 16th of November Limited tickets are on sale They are on sale from UHC.ie Or you can call the U-C-H. box oh, UCH Oh uh, UCH.ie yeah. Yeah. Or you can call their box office So that is the only place you can get Limerick tickets um, so very excited to see all the home birds, like yeah, so excited. My outfit's already sorted. Yeah, it's green, <laughs> brilliant. It's green. brilliant. Yeah, any hints? Also, I actually forgot to put the Facebook group up because I couldn't get into my Facebook account. Oh no! But I, I'm like, Are you have Facebook? Yeah. Maybe well, just like, send me. L- no, no, just, just a... send me the link to the page, oh, yeah, yeah. and then that's fine. So I, just I just couldn't log in. I just couldn't log in because I my password. But I will put it up, and that's where you can sell or swap your tickets. Because I was take Murphy there for a while. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> take it Murphy over there. Also, electric picnic. Yeah, EP is back. this Saturday. Yeah. Um. On. It is. <laughs> wow. That's got to come around really quick. Six fifteen to seven fifteen. Um. Our details will be on our Instagram page. What stage? I think it's called the minefield stage. Last year, that's what it was. So March I presume. I the the yeah. Year. Um. It's in that kind of or the minefield area. I think. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, is there? Mm. I wonder, will it be like a bigger crowd? Because obviously, last year, there's a certain event. We were so overdoing it last year as well. We were stone cold so over. Yeah, and we left straight after it and all. Yeah, went to a hotel. It's not going to be the case this year. No. Absolutely not. No. So come and have a ball with us if come you're down at ball. EP. This week's Wait, I Tell You? I actually nearly got arrested. She was unsure whether to tell this or not. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to get in trouble telling him? I'm sure, someone will have something to say, but like basically, I was collecting Dana from the airport on Saturday, and I was getting. How's it can we get a Chinese? Hi, hi. You, you slag me. I, the way you say. It, how do you say it? Hi, one. Hi, one. Hi, one. Hi, one. In English, <laughs> and I, my accent went down the one way road. Besides the, because I'm really bad at knowing where I am when I'm there, like in relation to other things. Like I knew what road I was on when I was on it, but I didn't. I didn't see it was one way, so I went straight through the crossroads onto the one way road. That's to your left is the shopping centre, a little mini shopping area. And then if you go, Fingles. oh, Fingless, Sorry, if you went, if you went straight and left, you get to the high, high one. But like, you can't go straight and left. Thank God nobody was coming towards you. Thank <laughs> Fuck! I only got, like I stand. I was just street I seen an arrow on the road, and then the blue lights came on, and I was like, oh fuck! But like. It was it was a genuine honest mistake. Yeah. I didn't know, Easy. and that's why We've they got. That's why I didn't get arrested because they were obviously like, "Here she." But I don't think they'd arrest you anyway if you if you like. Well, I get searched or something? What happened? Not searched. She get pulled pulled out of the car. I Ask for your license. No, well, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. Anyway, it all went really fast. Like I basically, the blue lights was on behind me. I was like, "Oh fuck!" Pulled in. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And he was like, Did uh, you walk up to the car? Yeah? No, they just rolled down their window. Oh, he just pulled in beside you. Yeah, I was like, I'm so so sorry. Um, I'm not from here. And he was like, Where are you from? And I told him, He's like, God, I'm a you're, you're, far, you're far from home. And I was like, I know. I'm just trying to get Chinese. <laughs> I say because I genuinely was so, so you like the fear in your face. Yeah, because like, oh, I, gen- I not even I wasn't even scared. Of them, but I genuinely was like shocked at ju- what I just done myself. Mm. Like that I was an honest mistake. And then he was like, "And is that Mammy's car now?" And I was like, "No, no, bitch, my own." And I was like, "Sorry." And then they literally like fa- I don't know they following us so they're just going the same way, but they went it was to one high way road. One. They had to go the one way. <laughs> no, no, because we went around then to oh, go fair. to high high one. Went to it and then they were still behind us a little bit and then they went. Mm. So maybe they were checking if I actually was getting a Chinese. Yeah, if you were just spoofing. And I also was wearing this little tiny outfit that I wore for my reel that I put up there's a black The black one. one yeah. I, I filmed real and then Dano texted me, and like, he landed. I was like, Fuck, I am not time to even get out. Ran out of the door in a little tiny miniskirt. skirt and a black a And a black corset and a full face and make one, hair curled, and I'm selling them. I got Chinese. And I actually was getting it already. Yeah. Just like my fellow from the airport. Dano's eyes and he popped out of his head when he came me. God, yeah. love him. He's like, What the fuck? <laughs> well, yeah, anyway. Nearly got arrested. That was scary. I'd never got pulled out before in my life. I never have either. I I I have never, be, have. I'd love to. Really dangerous. Like why do I like I just can't see well in the dark at all. Yeah, I'm not a great nighttime driver. I have astigmatism. My eyes. So I can't see in the dark. I just get really overwhelmed with all the lights. Yeah. Very stupid now. And roads, but and now I'm like paranoid every road I'm on, is this one road. She's here. To and telltale. I I actually am paranoid already, so I don't even know how that happens. <laughs> anyway, I'm here to tell the I'm not in prison. Well, no. thank God. Next, we're going to do peak or bleak of the week. So we're going to pick one high, which was a peak, and one low, which was a bleak. Mm-hmm. My, I'm going to do my bad news first. <laughs> it hit me. Bleak of the week is Sean's leaving, the video he put up on his Instagram. That was, I was sobbing. Mom, that was really sad. Yeah. And then I also have seen a really sad TikTok, and I got the realisation that when Sean leaves, eight of my friends are like, have moved away. That's scary. Eight. And then I have a long-distance boyfriend, I have a long-distance godchild, and a long-distance sister. Everyone is long-distance. You basically are stuck with me, you God love you. <laughs> <laughs> you poor thing. Like, there's a few, I have a few friends here that aren't, but everyone else just, lo- do I smell or something? Is like <laughs> oh it me? Am I the problem? <laughs> pro- yeah. Isn't that oh. mad? It's- I also don't blame them, though. Like, No, either do I. But come back. Yeah. As long as I come back, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. start loving where you are. No, right don't there. make it a life-time thing. <laughs> that no. Who wants that? What's, What's your peak? My peak of the week was seeing Dano, and I got a TV. Oh, do you buy your TV? Yeah, and I made a lovely steak last night. Did you hook up your TV and yeah, no? yeah, it's a lovely one, yeah. Works. Lovely one, yeah. yeah, real, real skinny. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Did you peel off the thing on the No, screen? I'm scared. Oh, I was there to, none? No, there oh. is one, but it's, I need to do it satisfying. You need to I just did that. Do it yesterday. Yeah, oh, oh, well, I made favorite. a really nice steak last night. Actually, as well. Where'd you buy the steak? Uh, Lidl. Actually. Oh, oh yeah, Lidl, Lidl not little. Lidl. 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 hear this. Steak for God's Work Worked though. Your Which video went viral. Yeah, fuck me. me two million 4. is it? Six million views or something. Ah, yeah. Of bought my pink appliances. Love it. Oh ah, yeah. Um. Yeah. What about you? My peak was. I was in the hospital this morning and i'm all good <laughs> yeah that's a good peak don't need surgery we're flying Woo. it that's my peak my bleak it's a bit sad on saturday but why i, over. I, I was bored i was sad because i was bored isn't why? that very sad i was literally was lying in my saturday? room and it was like oh, yeah. was it seven o'clock or something and i was like me and Donna? actually no. no he wasn't even there until then. and i was like is is this my life i was like i'm so sad had a little cry and then I felt grand. Well, what would you rather do on a certain like out, go out, out or like do... Yeah, I think I felt kind of lonely. Really? I was like, oh, this is really sad. Feeling lonely is not a nice feeling. Yeah. You should have told me again. No, to really. I I was, was still at home. I, I? No. I was usually at home. No. But then I got I had a cry, I had a shower. And you're fine. And I was fresh. Yeah. Got into bed and watch the movie and I was grand like I didn't care. Do you know what I feel like also, that's just a part of like growing <laughs> up because usually you're out every week, like when you're younger, like whatever, going out every weekend, you don't actually get to feel that, that feeling. Yeah. But then when you do, you're like, what is this? But yeah. like, maybe it's just that sometimes you get bored. Yeah. And last night I kind of started to feel like that again. So I went yeah. down and watched the Jerry Girls with my mum and dad. And it was fun. And I felt yeah. grabbed. Yeah. yeah. So, got over that very quickly. Yeah. So yeah. Peekaboo! There we are. Very good. So today on Home or Drink, we have. Jenny Keane, who is a holistic sex educator, can you tell us a little bit about your profession and how you maybe got into it and got started doing that?
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's always the first question I get asked. Yeah. It's like a really long answer yeah. because it's about 10 years of my life. You know, I didn't have a linear path uh, into this career. Um, I actually never even knew it was an option for me either. You know, mm. for me, it really started like from my own curiosity. So I suppose I have... um like I have threads from like when I'm a teenager that it makes sense as to why I'm doing this now but then I suppose where it started for me was I started traveling quite young and I ended up in California living over there and I had like I had a really bad history of my menstrual cycle like really bad periods it's on my back for about 10 days once I started to bleed the cycle was really irregular like I wouldn't it would come between like 39 and 75 days I wouldn't know when it was coming except three days beforehand I would literally feel like I had been possessed by a demon, you know. And <laughs> yeah. then like, I'd have a massive fight with someone really close to me, whether it was like um, you know, an unsuspecting boyfriend at the time, God love them, you know, <laughs> or or my family, you know. And then after that would episode would end, I'm like, okay, my period's coming in three okay. days, you know. And so I was always told like there's no other option than just going on the pill for me. And then when I went to America, I started going, I was doing lots of yoga and all the kind of stuff. I started going workshops and they started like talking about different ways that you can work with your menstrual cycle. And I was like, oh my God, like there isn't just the pill, like the option of the pill, I could do other things. And then California was really, really open at that time. And this is like when I'm like in my early 20s. So this is... 15 years ago now at this point Ireland and wasn't like that then was it? Oh no, no. it wasn't at all Like yeah. you, I mean like there, it was just a totally I remember seeing uh, a gay couple walking down the street in front of me holding hands and I remember feeling scared for them because sure. I was in San Francisco we were yeah. walking down at night and I remember being like oh my god are they safe you know yeah. and then I was like oh my god this, this is so different like to Ireland because yeah. we just wouldn't have ever I would never have seen that in Ireland back no. then you know um, and then I started going to these workshops and because I had more questions you know I'm like okay well what else can I do my period and then I was like does anyone know about female ejaculation and then the women be like oh you need to go to this woman and there was a workshop on it and then those workshops kind of started going I started going into um workshops around like literally around everything like a blow how to give a good blow job like Mm -hmm. how to give a good hand job workshops on sex toys and I was like and in the beginning I remember being like, is this a, is this weird to go to? But once I found myself in the workshops, the information that they were giving me, I was just like, how did no one tell yeah. me this? Like, how do I, how everyone should know this stuff, you know? Um, and it was also just like really good fun. Like sometimes you kind of think like, oh God, is this going to be seedy? And mm. are there going to be perverts a, like, like the <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> The red um, room.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't at all. It was always just really open, really good fun. Like, you had know, such a laugh. And then you learned loads as well. And when you say yeah. workshop, is it like, what I imagine in my head is you're sitting at a table like a little notepad and pen is someone like Demonstrating things like,
0: yeah, well, the ones that I went to in California were it depended, like, so the the female ejaculation one was really shocking for me because (laughs) I'm in my early 20s. I go in and it's a room um, full of women, and basically, uh, one of the women is is the teacher and she's explaining, you know, what the G spot is, where it is. You can actually see it from the outside, and then also techniques about how to actually work the G spot. Mm -hmm. So, what you would have known mostly and how to work the G spot is all that you see in porn, like, it's like the. and then I was like spray the walls and so she was then showing us different techniques and she was using a real woman's body so she was naked in the Stop. middle of the room we're all sitting there and I remember looking around being like I was like oh my god what is oh going on? on not a vagina you know um, which I now know is a vulva not a vagina but, uh, and uh, and and it was so funny because there, everyone was just so curious there there was no seediness there was no weirdness and it was all just like oh wow this is fascinating it's like really interesting to see other ways to touch a body that you know d- it doesn't look like what porn looks like mm, you know or, um, and it was really there was a lot of tenderness in the space like and a lot of openness there was women of all ages there as well and so it was amazing because you get to speak to old women who are going through different things or they'll share different different uh like They'll have different questions and different scenarios. They might say like, oh, I was able to orgasm when I was younger, but I can't orgasm anymore. And so all these conversations became really normal to hear. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really supportive when you're young, you know, because when you're when you start to traverse through your sexual life, you come face to face with all of these um I suppose issues and struggles and experiences, and when you've heard other people asking about them, you're like, "Oh right, there's no shame in this. It's normal. You know, this is normal. Yeah. Other people have so, gone through yeah. it. I'm not alone. Yeah. So it's really, it was a really open environment. And then, for example, the blowjob one was we all had suction cup dildos. They were on the table. What's
1: a suction cup dildo? Uh, it just yeah, sticks to the table. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like a suction cup at the bottom of it. Why would you need that though? So it doesn't just be in oh, your house. Oh, so like someone could, oh, so you could put it on the table and go on it and practice. Yeah, or you could <laughs> even stick it against a shower. You know, oh, wow. the glass of so showers. Like yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, do you know like the the like foofa things that you wash yourself with in the shower and yeah. you stick them? Yeah, yeah, like, the little on stuff, the yeah it's like that only There's it has with build-over <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there you we go you can stick it to the ground <laughs> as well oh, wow. and like you can practice like self-pleasure all that kind of stuff with this so oh my
1: god yeah so
0: you don't have to use your hands you know the a yeah, yeah. way if you get and tired
1: is that like the workshop and stuff? was that kind of how you got comfortable talking about sex or would you have always been kind of I was open? always
0: I, I was always comfortable talking mm-hmm. about sex and I, I, I suppose that because my family were really open with me as well yeah. um, it wasn't any different to like you know what's happening in school it was just thrown in like you know at the dinner table it was just a part of um the conversation and it wasn't any it wasn't, you know, different. That didn't mean that I liked listening to them. Like I was like yeah. the one like, la, la, yeah, like yeah, la, yeah. I'm not know? like Stop it yeah. you, know, you know, turning bright red and then if it got too much for me I'd leave the room. Yeah. But I suppose it taught me as well that that there's nothing wrong with that conversation as well and I didn't get sex education in school it was minimal you know and so I think then when I started to go like when I started to travel the world and explore all these different things I was like oh this isn't like I, I was already starting with a very good foundation of it being okay to have these conversations it's okay to ask questions you know it's okay to talk about it um, and so it breaks down a lot of I suppose initial barriers around like shame and guilt and you know trying to hide what's going
1: on because yeah. you don't know how to speak about it in the first place. You what, know? what is that shame behind it? Because there definitely is. It's like it makes like someone even in our question box said how to stop feeling like guilty or like dirty after sex. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it is something that you can feel. Like what where does that come from? Is it something that we've just like grown up to nearly you're yeah. nearly taught like it, not to talk older about about yeah, yeah bolger yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah well it's it's funny right because if you
0: think like what kind of sex education did you have in school like you're like yeah. you're way younger the how yeah. old are you if you don't mind me ask? 20, 25 28 yeah so i'm like 12 years older than you, you know so i'm i'm 37 you know mm-hmm. so like what what sex education did you have in school i don't even
1: remember mine i, I think th- i think mine was only in primary school and we got separated from the boys yeah and brought and done like a little I don't even know. It's probably it like a cartoon video of the birds and the bees and, like, yeah. nothing beyond that. Like, yeah. the sperm meets learn, the egg you and You learn baby. more from, like, in your friends telling you, oh, did you know this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's what I remember in my head. I don't remember being from sex. Ever. Or I'll never forget my mom trying to show me a book. Yeah. She sat me down in a room oh, and showed yeah, yeah, me this yeah. book. Yeah. I freaked. I ran <laughs> out of that room as fast as I could. I said, yeah, like, yeah. get me out of here. It's like no. the easy way to do, <laughs> just give me a book. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, no, no. God, bye. Yeah, yeah. But, like, there was no... I feel like the sex education in school was like, like I said, the egg meets the sperm and the baby's born. Yeah, but that's how a baby's born. That's not sex. Like, exactly. You learn nothing exactly. about the actual act of sex, kind of.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So that's the thing, right? So when it comes to the lack of conversation around sex, when we don't talk about it, there's definitely shame involved, mm-hmm. right? Isn't it? So if you think about your sex education, generally what sex education is, is it's preventative and fear-based. So it's like, don't have sex, you're going to get pregnant or you're going to get an STI, right? What's yeah. that
1: movie again? Um, <laughs> Do you know? No, what's that movie? Your man standing at the whiteboard. Oh, Mean Girls. Is it? Yeah. You will yeah di- Is STI and die? And die. Yeah. And you will die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's like yeah. that. It's literally like feared. You're nearly forced to feel Earth, there, yeah, know, absolutely
0: like, yeah. yeah and so when when you then you know you everyone has these urges like they want to explore sex they want to explore sexuality and so when you start to do that you, you're, you're bringing all of this ed- information that you've picked up along the way if you've never received sex education your parents have, have definitely not received sex education and so they don't know how to have the conversation with you either so then there's more shame still more secrecy uh, still and so it, it becomes really difficult because when you have questions we all have questions right when you have questions who do you turn to google generally yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. probably the worst no, thing to that, ask it. But, yeah. it, but you know what? google is so much better nowadays than yeah. it was like when i was like googling yeah. things you yeah. know and um, because there's way more information there's amazing resources online as well for sex education and you know even for um sex skills and things like this like how do i do this and how do i do that that extend beyond porn you know mm-hmm. generally though people will go to what's free and available to them which mm-hmm. is porn and porn. porn isn't it isn't sex education and it, it isn't even really sex right it's it's the um i suppose it's the it's like it's like an adventure movie right I always say that it's like you're watching it's like the Fast and Furious you know it's like it's not real sex it's very exaggerated images exaggerated camera angles um, there's exaggerated noises there's exaggerated you know body parts and everything yeah. like this everything is exaggerated in that yeah. because it's supposed to break the, and that's important the important thing is is that it does its job actually because the purpose of porn is that it's supposed to bring you to arousal quickly mm-hmm. it's not supposed to teach you about what sex is yeah. you know mm-hmm so it's doing its job really well if you look at it from that point of view yeah. but from a sex education point of view it's not what we're supposed to be learning you know no. um, and so when we have this lack of conversation when we have a lack of uh, sex education you're absolutely going to have shame in mm-hmm. completely immersed in that experience of, of what sex is for you until you learn how to slowly move towards those conversations you know of course yeah, yeah. And and that's like literally just doing what we're doing here right like having these yeah. conversations like when I when I moved online so beforehand my my work was all in person beforehand and I I started off so after I did the workshops in California I ended up going all around the world and I was just I was like I want I was hungry for information I was hungry for knowledge and I had one question led to another question led to another question I was like who's the best person to answer this question and I ended up then training in somatic sex therapy and and trauma therapy and it was just transformative like I was like oh my god this is insane when I started working with people and one on, I started um first of all shadowing uh uh mentors first of all and then I started working one-on-one with people and in those uh in in all in all of that everyone that came had the exact same questions when it came to something that they were experiencing and those questions were basic sex education questions so they were trying to understand why they weren't had no interest in sex anymore they were trying to understand why they were able to orgasm at one point in their life and now they can't orgasm anymore they're trying to understand the difference between you know um, things like desire and fantasy you know I fancy my boss does this mean I want to break up my partner and be with him like these Mm -hmm. kind of questions that people have and they're holding so much shame over them because of the lack of sex education in the first place. Yeah. So when I when these questions were coming in, I was like, Oh my, everyone just needs like sex education first. So I started taking small groups of people, um uh, to teach the basics of, of sex education. And one of the first workshops that I created was all around orgasm because there were so many women who were coming with this issue. Like, I don't know if I've ever orgasmed or um, uh, I, I've only ever had one type of orgasm. I don't know if I can have other types. Um, I used to be able to orgasm. Now it's suddenly disappeared. Um And so all of these different questions. And so basically, we just broke down everything in that workshop. And what was really important is that people in that small space were realising... Like it takes a lot of courage to step into those types of workshops. You mm-hmm. know, if you're experiencing, you know, issues and and you're having problems, step into a space with other people and say, I'm experiencing this or I'm experiencing that. It takes, you know, a huge amount of courage to to, to open up. And after the workshops, loads <coughs> of little people were like, I didn't even know that was an orgasm. I've been having them the whole time, you know. So, and oh then in... In lockdown then, I was due to hold one of those workshops in person um, in Dublin here. And the workshops generally take about, I had I would have wait lists of about three months to get into the workshops because wow. you could only hold as much as a, a room could hold, which was yeah. like 23 women. And I never advertised them. And anyway, I, I messed them and said, look, Uh, everyone's doing this thing on Zoom I don't know if it's going to work but let's just see let's just see what happens and if it doesn't work sure you know we'll be out in six weeks so it's grand Mm. and then once I put it online the ball just started rolling on it and again there was no advertisement around it like I had a hundred women in the first workshop I had so many women message me say and it was just on my Instagram at a thousand followers at this point. Um, and they said to me, uh, oh, I, I missed that. Can you put it on again? Put it on again. A, te- a, hundred, we're a hundred places like gone in a second, gone a couple of minutes. And then I put it on again Um someone said to me, oh, take like, buy the buy the 500 participant one. And I'm thinking, no, I don't need a 500 participant thing yeah, for this. Yeah. You're mad. That was gone. I had 500 yeah, women in the next one. And the next one, I had 800 women. And it just kept rolling. And I started to have these massive conversations online. And I was showing, like, people were, again, sending me the same questions that I would hear in person all the time. And they're the same questions that every single person has and yeah. every single person wants to know. So I was screenshotting the DMs um, with permission. and and then putting them like uh, anonymously on my story and people were messaging and going this is so crazy like it's like I wrote that message to you how much they can relate to it yeah yeah. and uh, one of the biggest things that you can do when it comes to removing shame is is involving yourself in in places where that conversation is happening really openly because as you start to hear people talk about sex in a really normal really mm-hmm. open manner um, and just in a really raw manner as well like really honest like and it also can be funny and it can be you know serious it can be all these things the more you include yourself in listening to those type of conversations the easier it is for you your brain to understand that it's okay to have this conversation yeah. it's okay yeah. to ask
1: these questions you know yeah. no, I understand. So. Understand that though. Like, if you ever felt any shame like that, sure, if you're in a room with 10, 20, 30 other women who are all talking about the exact same thing that you're feeling. You can automatically nearly feel that weight lifting off. you being like, oh, well, they all think the exact same as me. Yeah, absolutely. And because we're
0: also told, you know, by society, we're told what sex looks like, what sex sounds like, what sex feels like. We're all told what an orgasm looks like, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the orgasm is generally that, you know, when Harry met Sally, you know, the Meg Ryan (laughs) orgasm, right? That's what everyone thinks they're looking for, for an orgasm. But if you orgasm in different ways um, and you might not have that typical orgasm, that orgasm was kind of coined by um Johnson and Masters in the 60s or something like this and they they have it uh, termed like the um four stages for the four stages of arousal basically or orgasm and um it ex- essentially looks exactly like the Meg Ryan orgasm so it starts off with you know uh uh, blood is pumping there's the excitement stage blood is pumping you start to feel a little bit more aroused then it goes to plateau stage this is where arousal continues to build then you have the climax stage which is where you have that moment of like explosion like oh, you know and then you have the resolution which is the relaxation afterwards where it's like <sighs> like this right yeah, and you so, do actually feel great yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't you
0: get like good hormones and all yeah but it's a, that, that yeah. particular one is a really great way to like release stress from the body uh-huh. it also pumps like neurochemicals around the body so things like oxytocin which is like the love drug and um, so it makes you feel uh it makes it makes you feel like you're on drugs basically right like it's just that um it opens up um uh Um, the body to like feel more movement as well which Mm. makes you feel alive it makes you feel more connected so whether that's you know whether you're self-pleasuring and that's connection to yourself or whether you're with a partner and that self uh, that's connection to the other person but that's just one type of orgasm you know there's many different ways to orgasm many different ways orgasm moves through your body as well so if you've never had that it's really normal for you to think like oh I've never orgasmed before you know but like there's so this is where it's like education I would say education is so important important because you learn all of the different ways that orgasm can move and move through your body and the way that orgasm feels in your body, <clears throat> excuse me. And that's, that's where people start to, I suppose, widen their, their definition of what sex mm-hmm. can feel like, you mm-hmm. know, and it's not just what has been implanted, you know. Told More. to us, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: into our head. And is it true that men don't have that hormone that like when they What's the good? That's the actual word for exactly, exactly. exactly that they don't have that oxytocin because I read somewhere before that they don't, and that's why girls get really connected after sex, but, but like men don't necessarily. Girls get cuddly, and men are like, no, even like a one night stand or something like the oh. girl might fall in love a little bit, but the man doesn't. Is that true, or is that it, it's not myth? that it's not totally true? That's yeah. a lo-
0: that's much more complex, okay. um, than. Then it's just and they they do have oxytocin oh. and it's possible for oxytocin to move through their body. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about arousal, the four neurochemicals of arousal are serotonin, dopamine, um, oxytocin, and cortisol. Okay, yeah. And when it comes to um arousing a testosterone-based body, so a male body, it tends to be that they will use the pathway of cortisol. Uh, more than the others right Uh, this doesn't mean that this is for every single person and I said there's some women or estrogen based bodies that also enjoy that kind of and feel aroused from you know the cortisol pathway but this is where you if you, you kind of make it it makes sense when you look at you know have you seen like men who do these things like the Wim Hof stuff or they go for ice baths baths. all that stuff mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. so that's like you know using cortisol so it's like the stress hormone of like you know pumping the body they're doing this crazy breath work like Or like yeah. this kind of stuff like jumping in ice baths, yeah. like which is going to like really you know um, uh, fire up their body, and this helps them to feel aroused and you know moves um uh, energy through their body. When we look at estrogen-based bodies or women's bodies, what we're looking at is that we generally use the pathway of oxytocin. So this means like things like, you know, light touch and hugging and like, you know, like doing like small things like this, like can really help, like like massage almost, really help like turn the body on. So like really like kisses on the neck or something mm-hmm. like this, that can help to initially arouse an estrogen-based body. And um but we know that, you know, men on testosterone-based bodies also respond to this as well. So there's, you know, it's not, um, you know, one thing for one gender or one thing for the mm-hmm. other gender. Mm-hmm. The the thing I think uh, that people talk about afterwards um, where it's like, oh, women are more connected than men. I think it, there's a lot of it mixed up, not just with like our biology, but also with, um, I suppose, society and like what's been... Uh, historically acceptable for women and what's been historically acceptable for men. So if we think about like you know, way back when, because this is also in our day, DNA, right, way, way back when, it was encouraged for men to, um, and, and not, I suppose, encouraged, but like acceptable for men to sleep with a lot of different women. So if we think about like, you know, a man could be married to a woman, but also still be sleeping. And this is like decades ago, like even centuries ago, it was yeah. like this. Um, but a woman could only stay with that one man, especially if she married him, right? And this was because the they needed to make sure that, you know, the land for example, example that they were like they were um the children were inheriting was actually the man of the the guy wow. right who owned it right so I didn't so, know there
1: was like history behind yeah
0: it, like so it's so exactly because yeah. it's, it's all woven in yeah, you know, yeah, to yeah. culture and things like this so it was acceptable for it wasn't acceptable for women to you know sleep around um we women were punished for it right whereas uh, men it wasn't so much that they were um celebrated for but it was definitely um not something that was discouraged you know so we have this kind of element where it's like you know um I suppose, coming from past where it's women are, it's easier for women to attach afterwards and things like, you know, emotional connection, right? Like when you feel emotionally connected to someone, you will attach to somebody, you know, when you feel that you're heard, when you feel that you're loved, when you feel that you're supported, you want to keep going back to that connection because in your mind, your body is telling you like, and and your brain is telling you like, this is a good connection for us. Like we're safe here. We're loved here. We're supported here. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. And so I think, uh, you know, when it comes to women, I think it's about learning how to, If, if I mean, especially I always get this question around, like, I want to engage in casual sex, but I'm always attached whenever I have sex afterwards, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I <Pauline>. don't no, <laughs> yeah. you've
1: done it, but you would. Oh, 100%. I, don't, yeah. I think casual sex is shit. No, Yeah, I don't have a lot For of me, casual sex, but if I, I have yeah. sex with, like, Time- one... Man, I'm like, that's it. I love yeah. him. I love ha- him. Forever. When you have emotional connection, it's like different type, a different type of sex. <clears throat> yeah, because you can actually know what the other person likes. Of it. Yeah, and it's like a one night stand. It's like I've never had a one night stand. Can you make strangers. a one night stand good? Is there ways of making it better?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think <laughs> I think the biggest thing is actually learning how to separate. Like, so first of all, looking at like your intentions behind why you're having sex. right? Yeah. not everybody. Um, wants to have a relationship at one point in time in their life, right? But they, they still might want to enjoy sexual experiences mm-hmm. and just get off, right? Because the reason that we engage in sex is like, for is feeling, might be for, um, because we want to feel close to somebody or we want to feel close to ourselves or we want to feel pleasure or maybe we just need to be fucked and release some stress, right? Bingo! Like this, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with those things, yeah. right? So I think it's like looking at like what your intention is, like where you're at in your life. Do you want to relationship? right now are you happy single are you happy exploring in that manner and and then when you engage in casual sex I think first of all sexual health is so important so like if you can't talk about condoms with somebody if you can't talk about your um Uh, sexual health status like so whatever that is like when's the last time that you got tested you know asking the the person you're going to be with like when's the last time they got tested if you can't have those conversations I think you need to work on that first before you step into the casual sex space because if you can't fully relax then you are not going to have a good sexual experience and if in the back of your mind you're thinking like oh shit I never like what's what happens if he has something? Like oh and those are things you don't want to find out afterwards, mm-hmm. right? Some people can't relax if they're thinking about those things. So it's okay to ask those questions. If you ask that question to somebody and they are unwilling to answer or else they're trying to shame you for that, uh, then that is a massive red flag. Red flag. And it's mm-hmm. also a place like where if someone was like that with me, I'd be like, sorry, this is happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, go so back it, on. Go there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it's also then about like maintaining um so there's a difference right so between emotional connection and emotional investment and where most people get mixed up in casual sex um, or you know friends of benefits is that they don't know the difference between these two and they don't even know that it's that there is a difference I right know that. Yeah. yeah so the, and it's again it, this is how we like take care of our emotions so the reason I talk about holistic sex is because sex isn't just happening on a physical level like you mm-hmm. know in terms of like the act you know it's also happening on a mental level it's happening on an emotional level so it's understanding um, I suppose all the levels of sex so when it comes to casual sex you know emotional connection it is possible to know somebody for a night or to know somebody for a couple of days or to know somebody over a period of time and be emotionally connect to them mm-hmm. we don't have to like you know blank them or you know dismiss them yeah. or keep yeah. them at arm's length um in order to uh, stay in the casual sex experience and then emotional investment is more so when you know you see something in the future with this person and you start to emotionally invest that means you know if they have problems you're taking time to listen to those problems if you have problems you're hoping they're going to take the time to listen to you they're asking you how you are and how you're feeling this week and what's important to you and you know what your um, values are and what you're good and these are all like things of emotional investment and we all have little signals that we do um, and they come from years and years of of I suppose habits that we have especially early on in relationships so for example you're saying like if you have sex with somebody you're like That's it. That's us forever. Yeah. So if you have this and you know that you do it, like watch for the things that you do. So it might be that you might start putting, and maybe people want to admit this or don't want to admit it, but like things like you might start putting your first name with their last name, and you're like, what does that sound (laughs) like? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And you're just like, oh, I wonder where we get married, and like, what we, or oh, does he want kids? You know, <laughs> I think and I emotionally invest in everyone then. Yeah. Oops. yeah. <laughs> but like, it's okay if you have this, but like, if you, if your intention is that you want to just have a casual relationship with this person, and it isn't going anywhere in the future, and you don't even want it to go anywhere, then you have to catch yourself doing these things mm. because they're habits that we have formed. So when you start seeing yourself putting your first name with their last name, you need to catch that and you go no not in this space yeah Yeah, exactly Um, and then it's always making sure that like if if you're in a a long standing kind of friends of benefits situation you're making sure that you are checking in with yourself all of the time you know and you're like is this still am I still in the same place you actually so
1: strong to to, like friends of benefits I've never seen it, like, actually work. Doesn't, yeah, well, no. me, no. <laughs> like, yeah. I think you'd want to be one a hell of a woman or a man to just fully be able to just literally shag and then just be I hurt. don't think mine's ever, start. like, it starts as friends and benefits and it just ha- turns into something.
0: Mm-hmm. I, would, I
1: wouldn't be able to, like, stop it before it lays eggs. And yeah, before it, it yeah. gets too far. Yeah. Do you have to be really strong to be able to do that, like... Uh, I think so, yeah. I think it's more about just having... Aware aware Mm -hmm. and having
0: really strong boundaries. And also, you know, constantly going back to like I always ask this question like it's like and I tell people to ask a question like what do I want mm. you know um, and it's really important that you constantly go back whatever relationship you're in whatever uh, situation you're in you know whatever is evolving is constantly asking yourself what do I want it's very easy as we get into relationships that we kind of just get taken down the stream of it mm. and we don't um, really ask ourselves like is that actually the person who I want to be with like do I feel well in this relationship do I feel supported do I feel heard? Do I feel seen? You know, am I able to express myself openly here? You know, how do we manage conflict? All of these questions are really important to ask. And very rarely do we step back and say, you know, is this actually what I want? You know, Mm -hmm. I think because as connections develop, and if you do, you know, move from the space of emotional connection to emotional investment, the emotional investment becomes so entangled. So the idea of separating that and almost like, you know, breaking that apart is very difficult. Like We all experience heartbreak, right? It's very, yeah. very hard for the body, physio- like physically, emotionally, mentally, right? So all of us try to avoid those things because we're trying to keep ourselves safe un- ultimately. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people who would rather stay in a relationship that isn't actually working for them um, and that isn't supportive of, of who they are and how they want to be in the world uh rather than and they'll stay there you know rather than you know you know break break out of that relationship and try to build a life that is more independent and you know searching for what it is that you actually want mm-hmm. you it's know? really
1: easier to stay in it rather than it, yeah because yeah, you kind of choose to make yourself vulnerable then if you're leaving something like that and it's it's good but it's scary like, yeah yeah it's, it's, ab- ab- it's always scary yeah.
0: you know it's all because also as well like when we build relationships we're building habits mm-hmm. so like little small things like when you break up with someone like not seeing their name pop up on your phone anymore becomes really heartbreaking yeah, right? yeah. like really small things mm-hmm. when something happens like in your day and it's really good and then the first thing you think of is it's oh I'm gonna and call them, them. yeah and then you realize oh my god I can't right mm-hmm. those things become really heartbreaking so it's like a really small it's a, it's a really slow recovery right yeah. like heartbreakers so we'll tend to avoid that as much as we can it's, it's telling it's being open and being honest with yeah. people you know um, and I think you know there's a really interesting thing where there's because we don't get really good sex education and because mm-hmm. all we hear is you know don't have sex or you'll get an STD you know <laughs> yeah. and everyone's like oh my god this is a terrible thing to, to get you know that when you do experience like you know um, getting an infection you know we have no tools to be able to support ourselves mm-hmm. like you know uh, where do we go you know and what do we do and what signs should we look for? For when like, what's healthy and what's not healthy, and and then how do we have those conversations with the people that we've had sex with? You know, yeah. So and and really, all you can do is is just uh, you know pick up the phone and say, hey, I just got tested. I I I have this. It would be worthwhile for you to get tested as well. Mm. And the thing is, is that one of the things that you have to, I suppose, arm yourself against is that. If somebody has a lot of shame on their side or doesn't have the education, the way that people tend to react is either, um, it's it's one of two ways. We'll either shame, we'll either go into shame, which is like, oh my God, I'm a bad person. You know, oh, I was a slut. I had sex with too many people. Like I'm, I'm you know, they're going to think I'm this, they're going to think I'm that. So we go into really negative thinking about ourselves. It's, it's all that yeah. shaming mm-hmm. and self-shaming or else we go into blaming that fucking prick gave me this, you know, <laughs> like I know it was fucking him, you know, this kind of thing. So that's the blame, right? And so it's like, we because we don't know what to do with it because we have no tools other than just take it inside of us where yeah. it's like, you know, we hold on to it or else we explode it out. And so just being really matter of fact in those conversations of, I got a test, this is what I have, I'm taking medication for it, be worthwhile you getting a test, you might need medication. Nice it, yeah. And whatever their reaction is, that's their reaction you know whatever their reaction is is going to tell you a lot about the person right about who they are if they go into blaming you you just have to know that that's just the way that they're handling this in this moment and it's really Mm -hmm. trying to like protect yourself from not taking that on because it's not yours to take on you know if they say like I knew you were a fucking slut like that's not yours. Yeah. That's theirs. But you could and also it's their get it off of issue
1: one person. Like it doesn't mean you've slept around with people. Like absolutely, you know, yeah. Can get it off a singular person.
0: Yeah, and it depends on on what it is. Some some some. Uh, some infections some diseases don't actually ha- uh, don't show up uh, as symptoms for people as well yeah. mm-hmm. and this is why you it's really important that you're taking tests regularly you know yeah. because things like chlamydia gonorrhea for women are not good yeah, you know
1: infer- infertile can't you the, yeah them? there's yeah. I mean there's risks if you don't, of that yeah, if, yeah, if, you don't if it's treat not treated it. yeah, yeah. Mm. so
0: it's 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 being um, and again that's how you can you know maintain you know a good uh, sexual connection with yourself as well Like, and the more that you do these things you know if you feel a lot of shame or embarrassment embarrassment like going to an STD or an STI clinic. I mean, now you can get tests at home. You know, get them yeah. sent yeah. to you. You mm. know, and they're free tests. You can get them from the HSC. um On Instagram, I used to do this thing where I was like, where I'd be like, right, everyone, you know, it's that time of the month where we're we're all gonna take a test yeah. together. And then it was so funny where basically we would overwhelm the HSC for that <laughs> Send day. Send yeah. Oh my god. And then there'd be like, sorry, we, we we've reached our limits for yeah. today. that's today. <laughs> the so. Backlog of tests. So yeah. So. So, and it's like kind wow. of like making it fun, you know, the kind of, of course, way. Yeah. Um So it's really important that you can have, you know, you can be engaged in those conversations with yourself and then, you know, just literally tell the person and whatever their reaction is, it's theirs, you yeah. know, to hold, not yeah, yours, not you
1: know. We're going to move on to some of the questions that our listeners have sent in. Yeah. So this is on the Home My Drink page um, in the question box. Have you had a little scan at them yet? I have ones written out here. Oh, do you? Yeah, so... How should we start conversations of what we like in the bedroom? Like at the start of a relationship, but also like maybe a few years in where you you haven't maybe told them something and like you want to try something new. How do you change the conversation for each one of them? And how do you start it? yeah okay that, there's, so, there's, so, there's much so much in that, in
0: that yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that's a really long it's a really important question yeah so in the beginning of a relationship when we are first at, like initially with somebody we tend not to ask too many questions you ever notice no this? yeah you don't right because novelty tends to be the thing that you know bodies are new you know the, the sounds are new the way somebody is moving is new and the way somebody is touching you is new so we tend not to say you know I like this or I don't like this um, it tends just to be that novelty is the glue that kind of like propels the the relationship forward and also the kind of sexual um, interactions forward. And then over time, um, what I always say is that one of the biggest things, especially for women, is to continue to engage in self-pleasure. Or if you don't engage in self-pleasure to start mm-hmm. and this can be very daunting for people because we're told from a very young age you know good girls don't touch themselves you yeah. know that kind mm-hmm. of way um, and it's also very vulnerable right for a woman to touch herself in um, much and it's 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 so much it's so much more vulnerable for one to touch herself than a man right like their penis is on the outside like you can see it whereas like a woman has to go inside of herself right so yeah. even that act alone can be feel really really daunting mm-hmm. and also we're not taught how to do it okay and again there's not really um much online that you can find like this so i do workshops like on self-pleasure techniques so touching techniques and they they are, when women do them there's like i never even knew this was an option right so it's like not even going straight to the genitals to touch yourself but like going around your body like starting at different erogenous zones like learning how to massage and caress your own breasts like which is really important for bringing blood flow into your whole body but also there's a connection between your breasts and your um genitals and so learning how to uh, I suppose link the whole body is really important so things like when you learn how to touch yourself you're learning what type of touch you like what type of touch you don't like so for some people they might like really um you know firm touch like really like gripping and squeezing for some people they might like really kind of almost like watery or liquid mm-hmm. or fluidy touch for other people it might be like really kind of like wispy or almost like a whispery type touch um, and for some people they don't want much touch at all right mm-hmm. so learning what type of touch you like, the more you self-pleasure, the more you are going to, I suppose, start to build data for yourself. So in moments where you are experiencing, um, say, a lot of stress in your life, like you ha- you've you got huge deadlines in work, um, you've got a lot of responsibility at home, whether it's your family or whether you're going through an illness or whatever it is, the type of touch that you want and need will change. So for people who are in high stress situations, um, will probably hate that kind of light tickly touch because that will excite the body and arouse the body at a really high rate and so you're already at a high rate if you're experiencing say lots of anxiety so that touch is generally not good for your body and the touch that you would like would be more firm kind of held touch or maybe even not moving at all Mm -hmm. and just holding so like a really strong hug right yeah and the type of touch that you want say if you're experiencing bouts of a depression would probably be like quicker touch right Mm -hmm. like more kind of activated or even that kind of like you know karate top, chop mm. touch right so when you touch your own body you start to experiment with all of this it's um you start to build this database and once you know what you like you can then talk to the person about what you like and tell them right Um, as they're touching you as well it's like in the moment <clears throat> you can be uh, almost like keeping a catalogue of like I really like when they did this, I really like when they did that I would avoid in sexual um, circumstances saying I don't like that or S- oh, don't do that anymore like the during that, the
1: act don't during say
0: it. it. Uh, it's, it's, so imagine if you're doing something to somebody and someone says oh stop doing that I don't like it you know or that yeah, isn't good it might right? throw you off it might oh, throw you off yeah. right so it might it might feel like a little bit like oh my god like shame like I'm really bad at this or oh my god does he hate like the way I get blowjobs I'm not gonna blowjobs right like our yeah. mind goes crazy so you want to avoid saying things that you don't like you want to focus on what you do like oh. so instead of saying like don't do that or stop doing that you say oh I really liked it when you when you were when you were touching that spot a little bit slower, like like you were doing a little bit before, yeah. And then if they slow down, you go, yeah, even slower. Oh my god, that's really good. Keep going, even slower again, mm. even slower again. Right. So you're you're guiding in the positives rather yeah. than the negatives, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. um, because that's going to keep somebody, uh, I suppose, keep them encouraged, right? Yeah. And then also keep them. Um, I suppose, enthusiastic about it, right? Because someone can, you know, pop your balloon really fast, right? Yeah. When it, when someone says I, that wasn't good, you know? Mm-hmm. So always focusing on what you do, like, and that's even during the act or then afterwards as well. And then in the moment after sex, there's a really beautiful space, like, aftercare is really important. So, like, that moment where it's like, oh, like, let's not run away and try and fix everything and, you know, clean ourselves up for everything. Let's just take a moment. And that's if you have time. Sometimes you're just having a quickie and that's it, yeah, right? Fine. But, like, if you if you have time for aftercare and it's like you know you're holding each other like you can say in those moments oh it felt really good when you did this to me and it felt really good when you did that Mm -hmm. to me so that's ways that you can kind of I suppose um encourage what you do like yeah and then when it comes to more conversations if you want to go into in depth in terms of like um uh things that you like more than you don't like have them outside of the bedroom so don't have okay. them inside if you want to start or try something new have that conversation outside of inside. the bedroom mm-hmm. first and I would always recommend as well that you're not doing it while you're sitting down or in some kind of stationary position or where you're kind of might feel trapped like so say if you're in a car like at yeah yeah, and yeah. you know like say yeah. if you're just in a car you know like and you're sitting there for 45 minutes from this and you're in traffic and you have a question or you have like a a, a thing that you want to bring up and then suddenly that that conversation is just locked down you know that it's like you don't want to be in that same space and that same energy because it can almost compound the situation so it's you know go for a walk or you know when you're outside like have that question um, or have and the way that you would initiate or bring up the the kind of idea of of introducing something new would be around uh, again it would never be like you know I'd really like to try um Bondage or something. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do that? So, the answer to that question is generally a yes or a no, right? Yeah. If it's a no, what hap- what's the next question?
1: Yeah,
0: You're kind of shut down, right? Yeah. So sexual learning skills of sexual communication is really important. So you never want to ask a question where there's a yes, no answer to. What you want to do is keep the question open, open. right? Mm-hmm. And kinda, you say like, oh, do you know, I saw the thing on Instagram or TikTok or whatever um, uh, about bondage. Like I was, I, I was wondering like, have you ever done that? Have you ever experienced yeah. it? Like, how do you feel about that? When you say, how do you feel about that? You're mm-hmm. asking an open question where someone's like well you know I've never done that before I don't know if I'd be too comfortable with it and you know and then when someone says they're not too comfortable with it it's not a full no yeah you're not getting shut down yeah you're You're not getting shut down so you can Ask another question. Because I would you be interested in like exploring that a little bit with yeah. me? Like I don't know. I think I'd like to explore it a little bit, and so it becomes a lot more about approaching the situation from a place of curiosity and exploration. You know, rather than demands as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. So those are the things you want to avoid. Um, and then uh, I suppose, but and then what I would say as well, like seeking out sex education is so important, right? Because when we talk about <clears throat> sex skills, we're looking at think we're we're talking about the fact that when we grow up, we're kind of, we're, we're, we're told or given the impression that sex is just something we all know how to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just absolutely not true. We're told like, oh, sex is natural. And yes, it's natural, but we don't know what we're doing. Right. No, we're trying to figure that out. Like as we grow up, like in the relationships that we're in, the people that we're exploring with. And when we take the idea that, um, we when we take it as none of us know what we're doing, you can step into this really amazing place where you can put curiosity and exploration and discovery at the center of your sexual experience, which is so important. I always say like, you want somebody and you want to be somebody in your sexual life. You want to be a tourist, not a tour guide, right? So a tour guide is someone that like, knows the city inside and out. It's gonna take you to all hot spots. It's gonna say like, this, 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 this is the photo you want, stand here, do this, do that and a tourist is somebody that like if you think about like you going to a new city right your eyes are open your mouth is open your skin is open you're like oh my god the smell of this place is amazing or oh my god look all mm-hmm. the food is so tasty um, or and, and you're like looking at buildings you're like oh my god it's a red brick building and you're like we have them in Ireland and we like don't care about them there yeah. but in a different country it's like something new and so the difference is is that when you're in a sexual experience with a tour, a tour guide right they have had sex before they're like I know bodies yeah right? But they don't know your body, right? What mm-hmm. you like is going to be different what I like, what I like is going to be different to what you like. N- the way that my body wants to be worked in any any given moment in time is different to how yours does. So you want somebody who is approaching your body like they've never touched you before, whether mm-hmm. you're, it's your first time together or your like million time together, yeah. right? Yeah. Because your body is changing all of the time. Like as you get older, your body is changing. Like every single day, your body is changing. Every week, depending on what you're going through is changing. And what your body wants is also changing changing so it's constantly being in that receptive space of being like okay in in that place of like wonder and curiosity like I wonder what what this feels like or I wonder what that would feel like so it's constantly being in that space of of openness right to experience um and uh, yeah because a, a tour guide will be like yeah i know what i'm doing here and we go bam 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 ba, bam
1: do all the things they've done before and then you're like right that was it's i feel up. like the tour yeah. the tour guide is the man who thinks he's great at sex and is like i'm great blah, that and then you're like what the fuck what on I'm earth
0: flipping you around and like
1: <laughs> what like, yeah
0: so they're they're the ones like if someone comes up to you and says like you know oh, i know how to make you work out you know that's yeah. like this you're just like yeah. you were the last person Red flag. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so you want to keep that kind of openness and that curiosity and and experience. And that's how you keep, you know, when people talk about like, how do you keep the spark alive? Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. how how do you keep, like, because that's how you do it, right? Like, it's always being in that place of curiosity. I always say as well, like when it comes to sexual confidence, there's three things that sexually confident people have in common. And sexual confidence is really important in relationships because the data always, the data says for like sexually confident people have more sex, and this is over a lifetime, not just in a short period of time have more um have more sex and and the sex they have is also more relaxed right mm-hmm. so those are things we definitely want and sexually confident people have three things in common the first one is that it's not that they don't have insecurities as that they don't, they aren't beholden to them. Right. So they don't let, you know, how their body looks stop them from doing certain things. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I would always get, um, is that, you know, oh, I don't like the way my body looks, or my body has changed after having babies or I've put on weight since COVID and I you don't want to have sex on the, top yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're they're not beholden to their insecurities. It doesn't mean they don't have them. It just means that they're able to separate from their Found insecurities. It, yeah. yeah, And this is really important because it means that if we have insecurities, we can do that too, right? So we can yeah. still feel like, oh my God, I wish I was like this a little bit or I wish I was like this a little or I wish I looked like this. And it's okay to have those thoughts. But if those thoughts are stopping you from doing something, that is when, you know, it becomes a problem. The second thing is, is that sexually confident people don't believe that they kind of take away that there is a right way to do something and a wrong way to do something, right? Yeah. So that there's no such thing actually as good sex or bad sex, right? Mm. It's, and again, it's coming back to the question of like, okay, That didn't work for me. So I didn't really like that too much. But actually, I really liked this, right? So you're looking at things like this instead of black and white, like that was shit or that was, you know, that was amazing, right? So you're taking that step back. And then the third thing is then is that you're able to um, approach challenges, right, with this sense of uh, curiosity and discovery rather than fear of like, oh, my God, what's going to happen if I do this? So say, for example, um, you have never been able to orgasm before instead of you know uh stepping into that situation with a ton of fear and like oh my god i'm not good enough or you know things aren't working for me my body must be broken you're able to step into that place of like okay I'm not orgasming. I don't know if I've ever orgasmed. What can I do about this? So you start to look at your options. So those are things that's actually confident people have in common. Or even as well, like if you look at things like, say if your partner is experiencing like a bout of um, erectile dysfunction, right? So... First of all, I, I hate to use the word erectile dysfunction because I think it's like a really heavy word, yeah. and it puts so much pressure on people, particularly men. Um And it, it's insane how many young guys, like in their twenties, use Viagra. It's like because there there's so much of that pressure it's right over put the on their penis, now, isn't it? Is oh yeah, yeah. Is it?
1: It's like ads for it and all like on t- TV. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. There's just so much pressure, mm-hmm. right? Like put mm-hmm. on them. So I hate to use that word. Yeah, I think it's just it's just a really concrete word. You know, if you hear the word dysfunction, you know, instantly you're going to be like, oh my god, there's What's something wrong. It's very heavy. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I always call it arousal fluctuations, and actually these things are really normal, or they're not normal. They're common in, um, in. A sexual experience. So I always talk about. Sorry, I'm answering your question, but then I always go off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I'll just keep talking because I'm like, oh yeah, and then this leads onto this in my head. But when it comes to things like, so when it comes to sexual, um, when it comes to erectile dysfunction, so if you take of it in the context of today, years and years ago, remember when I talked about, um, we had. Uh, the sexual act was really more about duty, responsibility, and procreation. So making babies so that you could pass uh, down your land, your inheritance, all that kind of stuff, and keep the name going on. So when it came to those situations, um, uh, it didn't matter if a woman orgasmed or not. It didn't matter how long it lasted. It just mattered that the guy ejaculated, and that was that, right? That there are babies there now, okay? So if we think about... um, Nowadays, right, so, and this was, you know, even only in the 50s, right, it's not too long ago. If we think about nowadays, the focus on sexual interaction has changed from duty, responsibility and procreation to pleasure connection intimacy right Mm -hmm. this is what the focus is on now in that context it means that um it matters like if there's pleasure involved in the situation it matters like a woman might want to orgasm from that relate from that uh, situation um, or might not you know it depends on on what their intentions are Uh, it also as well means that the time that you have sex for might be extended now so it's okay if there are these arousal fluctuations during that period where you're having sex right yeah. Um, and also as well, things like changing position and some like this can change the, um, I suppose, the the blood flow in the body as well. It can also as well, depending on the health of the pelvic floor in men's bodies, uh, it can also change the way that the pelvic floor is being held. So these things can all have an effect, right? So it means that we have to allow for them in, in circumstances. But when I say that sexually confident people can approach challenges with this kind of sense of discovery and curiosity, mm-hmm. they don't take it as like, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. Like he's lost his erection, he must not fancy me anymore, or oh, there's something wrong with him, right? So there's the shame and the blame again. Yeah, they don't do this. They go like, oh, okay, well, there's a whole body here that I can play with. There's a whole body that's capable of experiencing pleasure. It's not just about the penis, and it's about exploring like different parts of the body that um, uh, my, that can and will feel aroused. And in that in that kind of environment where there is that relaxation and not pressurized, right, mm-hmm. um, then. There's an ability then to uh, go back to go back into that situation, you know. Yeah. Um, and then it's the same for women as well. I don't know if you ever noticed, but like if you feel pressured to orgasm in a, in a sexual don't. interaction, yeah. it's so impossible. No, yeah. And then yeah. you're going to faking it because you're just like, I just need to get this over with. So you yeah. can stop saying, oh, my God, I want you to go for air. And it's like,
1: yeah. oh, my God. they her fakes, I'm not telling you. Are <laughs>
0: the experts
1: the way? Eighty percent. The definitely probably I, have. Yeah, I have, but not in a long time. No, I definitely have. Have not yeah. Yeah, I feel like and we like all everyone have, has definitely you, has. If yeah, if you say you have If you're like, right, this is not going to get any better and I need it done. Yeah, it just needs to stop now. Yeah. 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 The
0: uh, the the results like always are, if you put up a I put up a poll, um every time I put up a poll on this, it's the same result over and over again, and it's actually it correlates to the the scientific data and the re- the sex kind of research out there that 80% of women have faked an orgasm in their life, you know? Mm. So, mm. I mean, the, and, and again, you no, know, faking an orgasm isn't always a bad thing. It, if it becomes something that's chronic where you're doing it all the yeah. time, then yeah. there's an issue there, you know. So it might be something to do with that. Like, you know, again, you just want the experience over with. And you're like, I'm done. I finished yeah. here. I just want to, I want to, I want to complete this, yeah. you know. Um, it might be that um, you... Um, don't want to hurt somebody else's feelings like that comes from a good place right like that intention comes from a good place Um, or it might just be that you can't orgasm or you don't know how to orgasm and you're nervous about sharing that information with somebody Mm -hmm. right Um, or else you don't really want to feel like there's something wrong with you right so you do it and maybe you also get off on that idea of like um, hearing the sound of your voice change and the vibrations in your body and that actually that initial kind of faking of an orgasm. Orgasm can, and the way that your body moves, and this can help to stimulate an orgasm to happen. So there's loads of reasons, you know, for faking orgasms. They're not all bad. You Um, know, it it is, it it is an issue. If I had, I had someone message years ago and said, like, you know, oh my boyfriend thinks he's been giving me these orgasms for the last two years. Jokes on him. He's never done it. And I remember thinking, like, I feel so sad for your partner because he sounds like it sounds (laughs) like he's been trying real hard for two years, and also. If you are faking over and over and over again and you can't have that conversation with your partner, then what you are doing is you are training your partner how to not give you an orgasm. Mm. right? They're, yeah. they're just going to
1: think that that's, that's how, how it is. is. That's how yeah. it is. Yeah. 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 So you're
0: giving them wrong information, yeah. you know, and ultimately that's not going to serve you, you know. Yeah. So uh, but but everyone ever like, well, 80 percent of people do it, you know, in their in their mm. lifetime. So it's super common, you know. Wow. Is it normal to not enjoy sex? Yeah, it's, I mean, there's, again, that's a huge question. Like, I would say, yeah, um, very
1: actually very big.
0: Yeah, I would say I, I have a, a workshop called The of Sexual Wellness and it mm-hmm. talks about the difference between desire, arousal and libido. I think it's a really important workshop and everyone should do it. But we also break down desire. So some people have different um, types of desire like they're called they can be called demisexual. So demisexual is that you know, you need an emotional connection before you can actually have sex with somebody. And yeah. um, sapiosexual is that you need a mental connection or an intellectual connection before you can feel connected to somebody to want to have sex. Asexual is that you don't actually feel like you need to have sex. You can still enjoy the act of sex, but you don't feel the need for it. Not enjoying sex can come from a different, a couple of different things. So looking at those different desire styles, um, also different turn-on triggers that you might have as well, like just where the environment isn't set up in the way that you need it to be. Mm-hmm. So different kind of desire styles would be Um, direct desire so it's like you need to be told like so certain things that are arousing you before you get into the act itself that maybe aren't happening so you need to be told directly like I want you I want you like this and that's direct desire environmental desire means that there might be things in your environment that you need very specific things that you need in order to be able to relax enough to enjoy the act of sex and this could be down to things like having the dishes in the dishwasher right because maybe you're sitting down having sex thinking about
1: if I know like there's a like a mess in a certain place or something like I can't relax yeah yeah
0: that's environmental desire oh. Oh. and so if you're part if you know this you can yeah. tell your partner this and then things like you know instead of them you know maybe doing like a sexy dance for you right to try and turn you on <laughs> it'd be better for them getting the hoover out you know <laughs> I, I had this joke clean with my, my par- room yeah, yeah. I, I had this joke with my partner because my thing is environmental desire as well there's you can have a mix of them yeah but um my partner texts me one day I was out I was working so much that day and he texts me and says hey I just defrost your freezer for you because it was a mess and I was like oh my god I am so turned on right this
1: is insane
0: and uh and so it kind of became a joke you know but so things like that like you know and yeah. if, if your partner for example has environmental desires thing you know wearing sexy lingerie for them isn't going to turn them on as much as like you know having having really clean crisp sheets maybe where you like iron the sheets like something like that you know, like the oh, okay. hotel yeah. stuff you know yeah. so that's environmental desire then transactional desire is another one where it's like you might need something in exchange you know for the act itself and that's like totally normal yeah. um, uh, another one would be um, almost like it's kind of like cat and mouse desire so it like there needs to be kind of like some kind of chase or interaction kind of like will you won't you or you know maybe I'll do this you know this. maybe I will you know? maybe I <laughs> won't yeah, <one>. yeah. <laughs> that there's some kind of cat and mouse game so that could be that and then during the act itself like if you're just not feeling anything so there's like if you're not enjoying it like there might be a chance that you're experiencing numbness when it comes to when it comes to your body, right? So that mean that means that that numbness people sometimes hear like, you know, oh my god, I'm numb, you know, and I can't actually feel anything. Um they they freak out about it but actually numbness is a sensation and it's generally one of the first sensations you will feel before you start to go into all the sensations that you can feel so if you're not enjoying something and you're feeling nothing that numbness is kind of a signal to you that there is a disconnect so that you might be outside of your body rather than inside of your body if you think for the for a moment about the fact that you know orgasm is a sensation sensations are things that you can feel in and through your body you have to be in your body to be able to experience that pleasure in the first place if your mind is in you know what you're kitchen. thinking in the kitchen <laughs> you're like all that mess out there you're now outside of your body and you're not able to feel or experience pleasure in the way that you do so there's many different reasons for not enjoying sex and again if you are having sex with somebody else and you aren't enjoying it um then it's about trying to have that conversation as well, but mm. in a really supportive way. So learning tools of sexual communication. Um, I have loads of stuff on Instagram. If you look through Save Stories and I do workshops on, on this all the time, yeah. So I just say like, look out for them because it's really important that you're setting the conversation up well where you're not shaming yourself or you're not blaming the other person, but you're keeping the conversation neutral oh. so that you can actually experience, you know. And are
1: some people like just not sexually compatible with each other? Like how... How do people stop having bad sex? So the thing with bad sex so if we think about the
0: sexual confidence thing that I said Mm -hmm. before where there's no such thing as good sex or bad sex right it's so it's about building um, connection together so the question that we had earlier where it was you know uh, what do how do I say what I like more and what I don't like more if you apply all of those principles to learning how to have good sex so it's oftentimes like when people meet somebody they think that there has to be this initial spark right or connection for it to progress or continue mm-hmm. if you but that's only one way right that a fire burns right like it's like that spark right but a fire can also start very slowly and build over time so you think yeah. about friends with benefits or even just friends like you're friends for years and then suddenly you're like oh my god there is a connection here that we want to explore so most of us because again we're given these um, scripts by society about what sex is about what a relationship is about what love is we think there has to be the initial spark they're like oh my God, the love of first sight, that like my heart is racing, right? But there's many different ways to experience that kind of spark with someone, that kind of connection with someone and then build that over time. And so, I mean, if you're not having great sex and you would like to have better sex, you're looking at things like how do you explore your own body to figure out what it is you actually. Because if you talk to people, talk to couples who aren't having great sex, Mm -hmm. what you will find is that they actually don't know what they like and what they don't like themselves. So it's like it's looking at that first and foremost so that you can figure out like what is it that I like? so that I can express it to myself Mm -hmm. and then there's other things that you can do as well so looking at things like starting to widen what your definition of sex is is also really important and actually it's a really good um, tip for the person who says I don't really enjoy sex you know Mm -hmm. so if you widen what your definition of sex is most of us when we think about sex we're thinking about heterosexual relationships we're thinking about penis and vagina and that's what sex is Mm -hmm. but if you're having issues where maybe you haven't had sex for a long time maybe you actually can't for some reason maybe you experience pain during penetration maybe you've um just had a baby and and penetration is off the table for a while if you start to expand what your definition and widen what your definition of sex is you it takes the pressure and the uh, the loadedness that often comes with like we haven't had sex in six months so what is like what asking this question like what is sex to you right it is sex kissing and you might go, mm, not really. How about kissing with clothes off? Is that sex, yeah. right? Because like, yeah. where do you draw the line? Yeah. right? Mm. So, um, and also as well, like if you think about, you know, um, sex with you know someone who is so say for example like if you were having sex with a woman w- what defines sex then right if you're only used to having sex like with penis and vagina yeah. sex right yeah so what defines sex then so it helps you to um even if you're not uh, inclined towards women even just thinking about that can help you widen what your definition of sex is so it takes the pressure off questions like i'm not enjoying i'm not enjoying sex maybe you're not enjoying penetration but there are things that you are enjoying right mm-hmm. like kissing like the kissing stage of sex or I mean people don't really kiss for very long before they have sex right Mm. Um, or sometimes kissing in in heterosexual relationships can disappear completely and you go straight to the penetration and then there's very little kissing Um, and kissing is really important like part of stimulating the body and arousing the body the mouth as well is also connected to the pelvic floor muscles so when you are like moving your mouth when you are kissing you're also starting to stimulate the pelvic floor muscles which aids in uh, orgasm right so I don't know if you've ever experienced like I had a kissing I did a kissing workshop in February and we went through all these like different kissing techniques and you know how if you've lost kissing in your relationship like how do you bring it back and so this and one of the things that someone said is that oh you know my partner whenever she whenever she's about to orgasm she's always trying to kiss my face and I always find it really really awkward and I'm trying to pull away and she's like trying to and I'm like yeah because if you kiss somebody and you're like this what you're doing is you're creating pressure against somebody yeah. we are also creating tension in the pelvic floor yeah. so as you're building tension towards an orgasm your pelvic floor is contracting and releasing contracting releasing and sometimes people do this with their legs where they'll squeeze their legs mm. or they'll keep squeezing keep squeezing keep squeezing and then the release happens when they orgasm so that kissing can also be a way that somebody is um uh trying to almost bring an orgasm on so there's loads of different things that you can do but it's really about you know again I have too many tips you know (laughs) it's like (laughs) it's like how do you um how do you keep that sense of curiosity and discovery in there I think education is the baseline of all of that you know yeah yeah Yeah.
1: Yeah. so our secrets from the stalls um yeah, it's basically just dilemmas that we get sent in. We always like to say to people though that we're not uh we're not Bible in case we go and ruin someone's life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're not Bible, um, but we just like to kind of attempt to give people advice. Yeah. But you're obviously gonna be here to give the best advice. Well it's like talking to your friends, isn't it? Right. Yeah. 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 It's <laughs> like no bullshit. We're gonna tell you how it is. Yeah, yeah. So all of these these dilemmas have been sent into our email address. Hold my drink at go loudnow.com and We'll just jump into it. So the first one is, I've been with my partner for two years and he's a virgin and we've never had sex. I'm wondering how I can take our relationship to the next level, but I don't want to pressure him. He's 24, by the way. That was a big thing that came in through all the questions, actually, was the pressure of um, losing your virginity and stuff. Mm. Oh, I love that 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 question. So you guys have a younger demographic
0: than what I would be working with and it's really interesting because even, so I would have like mostly 24 to 35 would be my biggest and then obviously then move into 45 would be the next category. but even in in that category, I still have so many people who are messaging me to tell me that they're virgins. They've never really? had sex. Yeah. So it's it's such a common thing. Yeah. Um, and again, because there's lack of conversation around us, people mm. aren't talking about it. People think they're the only ones, right, yeah. um, that are experiencing it. So the thing that I said earlier, so one of the things, first of all, is looking at the kind of construct of virginity in and of itself. I always uh, like to talk about in the environments that I'm in, instead of, talking about virginity because when we talk about virginity we're talking about losing something yeah. right and that idea of losing something can can feel quite daunting to people mm. right like you feel like you're losing a part of yourself or what or something like this and it's a completely incorrect concept when it comes to
1: I feel like when we were younger though as well even when you when you think about losing your virginity you're nearly always going to be connected to that person who takes it like and like you're saying Someone taking something off it. Exactly. It goes through your head and you're like, oh my God, what? Yeah, and you're giving something to somebody. So it becomes, again,
0: there's so much pressure Mm. around the situation. So if you think that instead of... the, a concept of, of virginity the concept of sexual debut so you't know, like the debs right yeah. like that's the debutante. Debutant. yeah exactly <laughs> so it's like you know you're stepping into a new environment yeah. and you know you're becoming a new person and it's a new phase of your life that's what a that's what it's, it's symbolizing mm-hmm. so if you're then looking at your first sexual experience for like, and that first sexual experience as a sexual debut first of all you can continue to have sexual debuts throughout your entire life they don't ever stop and there's never this idea of losing something it's just about like stepping into another phase adding another layer right yeah. so it becomes less pressurized and it become the 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 kind of daunting aspect of it is is lost almost completely right so it's looking at so it's learning how to reframe that concept of virginity first of all another thing that i would say is is that l- learn again and really Think about expanding your definition of what sex is, because I'm absolutely positive that they're talking about penis and vagina sex. Yeah, I'm absolutely sure that they have probably kissed each other all over their bodies. They yeah. probably had oral sex. Potentially, we don't know, right? So, in in that case, they're they're not virgins, hmm. right? So again, when you expand what your definition of sex is, you learn to take the pressure off the experience of penis and vagina sex as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and, and even doing those two things will have such a transformative effect on any relationship or any person that is kind of holding the shame of like, I'm a virgin and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then also as well, taking expectation off the table of like, if it's going to be good or bad, you know, um, and doing, and, and having those conversations with each other as well outside of like, how would you like to feel during sex? right so instead of thinking about the act itself because oftentimes when people are thinking about you know especially if someone was thinking about if it's a, a male losing his virginity they're they're putting so much pressure on their penis to work. They're yeah. putting so much pressure to pleasure somebody. They're afraid to get it wrong. They're afraid, you know, for something to happen that's going to label them with like, you're bad at sex, right? Mm-hmm. So it's trying to take that that pressure off the situation. And so it's looking at things like, um, instead of the act and, and what you're doing, like, how do you want to feel, right? Do you want to feel connected? Do you want to feel adventurous? Do you want to feel... um uh held right so how do you want to feel and so stepping towards that instead and and those things are really important again again it's all about how do we take the pressure off and then i would say as well you know it's very hard to if you google things there's so little information around um you know what to expect for your first time and things like this so it's like even talking to each other about like what are our expectations here you know and take and having those conversations beforehand again how do I want to feel during this you know how can I create an environment that's more comfortable for you and again it's looking at things like you know learning your desire styles for example and your turn on triggers Mm -hmm. you know do you will we add lingerie in this experience like do you want to add sex toys like how do you feel so it's asking um those type of questions you know and seeing like how can you set the scene up almost um so that it's about more than just the act itself That's you know it's
1: nice though isn't it that you like they can set the scene of how they both wanted to yeah. happen. like
0: yeah. Yeah. And then also, then removing the expectations and the goals completely, yeah. right? Because, yeah. you know, sometimes it just Things might go not wrong. work. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always remember like the first time I had sex, like I, we went for dinner before. Ha- so I wanted it to be on Valentine's Day because I was like, in my head, I was like, yeah. has to be Valentine's Day. Um, and I'm like 19. I wasn't even young, <laughs> you know, it's like, and uh, we went for. We went for dinner. I wanted to have Chinese. I had sweet and sour chicken balls and fried rice. And I did not want to have sex afterwards, right? Because I was Fair. just like, oh yeah. my God. No. So it's okay. It's like having all these expectations set up, but then also releasing them all if that's what happens, you yeah. know? And now I know like never
1: eat Chinese if you want to have yes. sex, right? <laughs> Instant mood kidding. yeah. It's just like weighs your whole stomach down. Yeah. <laughs> the next one we have then is I find penetrative sex, painful. When having sex with a partner, I find it painful and uncomfortable. I don't know how to overcome this. The only time it isn't as painful is if I use a vibrator to stimulate the clit. My (laughs) partner, I can't believe I said that word. I don't think I've ever said that in the podcast yet. (laughs) My partner feels as though he isn't enough and he doesn't satisfy me. Uh, But that's not the case. Can you please help? Yeah, that's, you know, pain during sex. So
0: when it comes to issues that women experience, um, and sexual struggles that women experience, the top three are, the first one is uh, inability to orgasm or don't know if you've ever orgasmed. The se- or sorry, the first one is um, low libido or lack of interest in sex. The second one is inability to orgasm or pain, uh, or sorry, um, inability to orgasm or don't know if you've ever orgasmed. The third one is pain during sex. So it's a huge amount of people who are experiencing this. And you know, this comes back to the fact that again, we don't get education. Mm-hmm. What's the thing you learned that your first time was going to be like you learned so, that you're sore like sore yeah you, hey, you get your the cherry cherry pop yeah. yeah and sometimes you bleed i don't know sometimes do you bleed yeah. yeah yeah that's that is what we are told this yeah. is not correct information oh, that no. if you have pain during penetration th- this is not supposed to not be happening normal, if you're yeah. bleeding during sex this is not supposed to be happening um and And again, that comes from, you know, uh, this idea that we have um, a hymen, right, and that it is sealed and they're going to break the seal when they penetrate the first time. So... Uh, Actually, we have lots of different types of hymens. We know that now. So it's more kind of like if you look at, normally I have a scrunchie on, but if you think of a scrunchie, a hymen is more like a a closed scrunchie that opens, right? Like, so it's not actually uh, a seal. Some people can have a hymen that's completely sealed and then you might have breakage the first time that you have penetrative sex. But normally if you're doing things, like if you're very active when it comes to like, um, Sports when you're younger, if you've ever done horse riding, you know the hymen can break in those situations as well. So, pain and bleeding during your first time sex is is absolutely not something that you should be expecting or thinking is going to happen. So, because we get told oh, expect pain. A lot of people think that experiencing pain during penetration is completely normal. normal, And it's absolutely not. I always say you should never be experiencing pain during sex unless you want to be, right? Unless you want to be like, if you want to be spanked or if you want to be, you know, whatever, bound somewhere, you know, and also like pain and pleasure is a thing, right? For some people. Um, so, uh, When it comes to um, pain during penetration, the fact that she is saying that when she uses a vibrator on her clit that she finds it less painful would indicate to me that she probably needs more time on the arousal stage of her sexual um, interactions with her partner and also slower penetration. So I always do these things. I So in the self-pleasure workshop with women, I teach them how to penetrate themselves in a really slow, really gentle way um, and where they're only really listening to their body, like they're following their body's cues. This is what happens when you have more self-pleasure um, in your life, like you can start to feel your body saying yes, yeah, to things and saying no to things, and also kind of leading you where it wants to be led. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> Um, self-pleasure is amazing for this as well and then I would also recommend that she will go to a pelvic floor physiotherapist because they will check the the health of her pelvic floor so our pelvic floor is supposed to be adaptive meaning that it's supposed to contract and it's supposed to relax right whereas um for some of us we can have a maladaptive pelvic floor which means it can get stuck in one or the other generally for people it's getting stuck in the uh, in tension right so in the contraction and that's why it's Sore and that's why it's sore yeah, right yeah. um and so you there's exercise that pelvic floor therapists can give you um I also give them to people in workshops when they and they they pretty much every workshop we do we do um one specific one that's just so good it's just so good for uh women's health in general and pelvic floor health and even for um health in in men's bodies as well supporting like you know stronger erections and uh, orgasms and then also like um uh Uh, helps if you experience pain during sex and it's literally putting your hands on the base of your body and breathing down into your pelvic floor. So when you inhale you're thinking about yeah let's <laughs> all let's all do it <laughs> and just open your legs just a little bit so when you close the legs you can kind of feel in between the pelvic floor is a little oh, yeah. bit tighter yeah so you open just a little Wait, bit and now
1: the pelvic floor, like behind, like so the, the pelvic
0: floor is like a sling so the pubic bone is here right yeah. um uh, just above the clitoris you can feel it if you press into it and then it slings around the back where the tailbone is oh, right wow. so, yeah and so it's like a big it's almost like a hammock right if you want to imagine like this oh, okay. pelvic floor is the most important thing that you can understand when it comes to your sexual life right Um, and so if you even now when you're sitting here most of us like for women we're used to sucking our stomach in right all the time yeah so we tend when we breathe not to breathe down into the pelvic floor so to have pelvic floor issues is really common right so it's about relaxing your body and then relaxing your lower belly Just let your lower belly out really good. And then almost like relax the lower back as well. Yeah. And then when you breathe, you want to think about inhaling. So really slowly, just inhale all the way into the base of the body. And you want to feel like, and even imagine it at first, like the pelvic floor, almost like a hammock is expanding and opening down into the chair as you inhale. And then when you exhale, there's a little squeeze and a little contract and the pelvic floor is lifting and rising to the belly button inhaling really slowly yeah. <laughs> breathe down and open, expand, feel like the pelvic floor expanding like a hammock and then exhale that little squeeze, that little lift towards the belly button
1: that's a word. Yeah. No, you, you can, can feel that, it. Like, yeah, I never yeah. did that for a demo before. Yeah. And
0: so that's, that, it's a really important exercise. Yeah. And it can be very hard for people to do. And oftentimes when I teach it, I have people then telling me, oh, when I inhale, my belly button sucks in. Because I always say like, you know, you expand your belly button out. You, you almost want to balloon um, the lower half of your body, like you're pregnant with breath, right? And so even doing that for women can be very difficult because we're kind of taught like keep sucking in Suck and in, like don't yeah. let yourself let don't let your belly go or you're fat you know like yeah, all that yeah, stuff yeah. so yeah. all those things can keep us holding on and keep yeah. us keep it tight and actually that can change the pattern so when we inhale our diaphragm up here around our ribs needs to expand and open down so the lungs fill mm-hmm. and our pelvic floor is attached to that breathing pattern and it's supposed to expand and open down as well and then when we exhale the lungs contract and press the breath out of the lungs and the pelvic floor lifts and, and, and kind of compresses up a little bit as well and when we hold our stomach in, generally when we inhale, our lungs are going out, but our pelvic floor is almost moving up and contracting. And then when we relax, our pelvic floor is going back down to the normal state, like its resting state, let's say. So there's this constant um movement of compression in the base of your body and there's no relaxation which can cause pain right right? Mm -hmm. so yeah going to a but going to a pelvic floor physiotherapist will she'll be able to that person will be able to check the the function of their pelvic floor and so for anyone who's experiencing pain during sex I would say book yourself in Mm -hmm. Um, and there's other reasons as well that you can experience pain during sex you know things like endometriosis can be a symptom pain during sex can be a symptom of endometriosis and things like this so um, also, going to your GP would be a good idea as well. But for her, the fact that she talked about um, the the vibrator on her clitoris, it would indicate to me that's more a pelvic floor mm-hmm. issue, you know. So I've
1: learned so much. You're yeah. a woman right. of absolute well, knowledge. My yeah, God, yeah, it's mad. Yeah. Just sitting here, like, like not, not learning, sex. yeah, so even, but yeah. like and under- yeah. understanding so much more of it now. Yeah, like, yeah, behind why things are. The way, they the way that they are. Yeah. 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 Where can people find you? On socials. And also you've live shows coming up. Yeah, yeah. We'll oh my god,
0: yeah, show. the
1: live shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I'm I'm on
0: Instagram, Hello Jenny Keane, and <clears throat> Um, that I have a website but they're attached to the Instagram you know so I have I generally have like quite large conversations on Instagram and like Q&As and like this this year I've been extremely busy with them um, work I've also set up a my an, another company called omoment.com so it's like o-moment.com so I'm doing loads more workshops on that mm. and I have guest um, lecturers in on workshops and I also have an online sex toy shop as well um, and loads of education things and then I basically do shows as well. So these shows now are in September... Um, there's there's two in Vicker Street one in Cork and one in Belfast and basically it's just a sex education show so it's about like bringing fun and humor and um education like really important conversations to uh to people like in a really unique way I, I said like you know the thing like this is the f- Ireland's first sex education I was show
1: say is this the first of its kind mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah but you know what's so really? funny
0: I have so I have performers from all over the world Um, like I've done a lot of traveling like with what I've done so I, I met these amazing people people who are just incredible like world-class people you know and I I wanted to bring them in to to just show people like different things so you know when you're talking about like how do you get ideas like Mm -hmm. to you know spice things up or whatever um this show is supposed to be about that. So we have like a kind of a, you know, acts that come on. One is like a domination act and another one is um, a sensation play. And they use wax like and it's really sexy. Like they're really, really amazing. But when we did the show with them, they were like, this isn't just like Ireland's first sex education. It's like the world's first, you know. Wow. So, wow. yeah, it's just it's really different. And it's about, I think. I wanted to bring the conversation um, I think more so to the public because online when it comes to talking about sex you're fi- you're literally filtered like all the time you're blocked all the time yeah you can your uh, account can be taken as well the whole time so I'm always like just sign up to emails sign <laughs> but even emails are blocked as well really? like, you know oh. yeah so it's really hard to communicate sometimes you know it's like yeah ha- people have to make a real effort I think um for those things but uh, I wanted to bring the conversation more so into the public Sphere and also because last year I attempted to do the first in-person show and a um, council I won't say which one basically stopped it from happening because they were like no sex shows allowed sure. and I was just like I was like I thought we had moved the conversation That's so much further yeah like, wow and so for me you know I don't like being told I'm not no, allowed to do yeah, things that make you want to do it more yeah, exactly. yeah 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 so I was I was we started off in Vicker Street so we did the first show in Vicker Street in April and it was just so much fun and it's not just for women it's for everybody Everyone, like yeah. men men are there like couples Mm -hmm. are there like it's just really good fun and my whole thing is like how can we have a really good time and also how can I give you enough information that you have like the best sex of your life in the weeks like that you following Mm, that you know um Yeah. And then I made, I've, so I've been working on, on products this year as well. And one of them, I, uh, was a, a like an intimacy spray and, um, it's called pheromones. So basically pheromones are like hormones, but that act on the outside of your body. And like we naturally emit pheromones, like a certain point in our cycle, mm-hmm. when we're ovulating, we'll give off pheromones. And it's like this, um, I suppose, invisible signal to be
1: like, hey, I'm ready. You yeah, know, I've seen about it on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People get them. And i go, oh, all of a got all knowledge men are like texting them on, like, yeah. So approaching I, them. Yeah. yeah. So I, so I got,
0: I, I, I'm, I'm I love all this stuff because I'm like, oh, I'll test all this out, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is shite. Like, it doesn't work. And then I went down this rabbit hole of like, fine, trying to figure out like, okay, what are pheromones? How do you recreate them? What are they actually putting in? So I found that a lot of people who are, are putting um, more just things like that activate arousal in the body so I basically found this madman in Amsterdam and um, he actually works for, I mean I I say madman in the sweetest way, he's just, he's so (laughs) passionate and he uh, he's a perfumer and he works for like really big brands like Gavinci and all that kind of stuff and I um, started speaking to him about what I wanted to do and he got so passionate about it that then we started working together so I create my own pheromone spray and it's so funny because he sent me over a load of test um, sprays and this was like back in January or something or February and they were, they were all these big labelled bottles like one, two, three, four and I was liking number four the most and I started spraying it like around the house like just to see like did I actually like the smell and all that kind of stuff Um, my boyfriend came in one of the nights and it was so funny because he's like really calm like very relaxed and we're sitting down he made dinner and I had already sprayed it and, and, he's, and then he's, he's like, in there. In there. And the next thing of all, I swear to God, I was looking at him and just we were just looking at each other. I was just chatting and it was like normal things. And next thing of all, his eyes went black. You know, like a shark. You know? Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> And then, and then we had an amazing time. But then, um, <laughs> but I and then I was like, I I would message your man the next day. I was like, it's number four. it works. Four. Yeah. Oh my God. It works yeah.
1: yeah, people can buy that. And I, I need I, that. Can they
0: buy well, that. Well, I actually, no. so I gave it out in Vicker Street okay. in April, like a tester bottle to everyone, because I want to know, like, it works for me. You know, I want to yeah. know it works for other people. And like the messages that I started getting back in, like people were like, "Holy shit, what is in this?" You know, and it's it, it's it's been in production like ever since. And oh we're it's God. taking ages to do the bottle and stuff for it but um, uh, so it will be on sale eventually but like I the, I, I, got this really one, one funny message from somebody saying like uh, Jenny Keane is this yours? I'm babysitting somebody at the moment and I sprayed it on myself in the bathroom she's like and then I'm really fucking aroused <laughs> and I was like yeah probably the well, best time to spray oh, yeah. God. Yeah, God. don't use my product
1: will that be out this year do you, do you think? yeah yeah, it'll yeah, be out this year. Year. yeah very
0: okay. soon like we're looking at like around mid-September in the same time as the shows lovely. lovely I'll be yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: part. yeah. Thanks a million. Thank oh so much God. for coming on, Jenny. Jenny. Yeah. Thank, thank great. you. Oh, thank great. you. Amazing. Yeah. Really Thanks so much. I just keep chatting to I think so. we'll, <laughs> I think our <laughs> listeners will learn a lot. Of oh, them. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. We 100%. all did. So thank you so thank much you, for coming yeah Thank you so much. Yeah. And like, try, do try, get them to come
0: to the workshops. I do yeah. like a really funny one. And it's, I do, the sex skills ones just go so crazy. Like mm. I did a blow job one, or it's called blow. So it's hand jobs and, or it's hand skills and mouth skills. And I, have Blow 2.0 coming out in yeah, October yeah. as well, just because everyone yeah, went yeah. so crazy yeah. for yeah. it, you
1: know? Oh, no, but they're no,
0: all yeah. really good fun. Yeah.
1: You know? yeah. And all on your Instagram, they'll be linked there. Yeah, they're all linked yeah, there, all yeah. there and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. It was to speak to you. Super <laughs> skip, then, because we were talking all things... Shex, sex, baby. baby. Let's talk about you mm-hmm. and me. Um, today's today, skip, let's do going on top. In I'm not going to do either because I'm not opposed to it, but I'm not, I don't love it. Like, it wouldn't be my first move. <laughs> okay, so you sip, basically. I don't sip or I don't skip. Okay. I wouldn't, you don't have to love it to sip though, you can just like, skip just means you would, you hate it, like. Oh no. It's fine. Yeah, it's grand. Like. I think you feel it more sometimes. And then my legs get a bit sore sometimes. Yeah, fuck me. And I'm conscious of my belly, <laughs> so I say no, no, flip me over. Do the reverse. Let me be conscious of my bum hole. <laughs> <laughs> Just be conscious of everything sometimes. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hate that when you you know that they can currently be staring. You are staring right into my anus. You're looking at my bum hole. Anus. You are yeah. staring into it like Ooh. yeah. What are they seeing? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I wish there was like a little a little. Put a little <laughs> curtain over it or something. A little plug. Yeah. You can get like diamond butt plugs, you know. I wouldn't put a butt plug up my bum. I saw a TikTok and some woman. It sucked up her butt. Ah. Uh, stuck in <laughs> her. Why does TikTok instill <laughs> fear in me into every situation? <laughs> I got stuck in her. <laughs> she finished having sex and all. And then she asked the man. She was like, where's that blo- butt plug? And he was like, I don't have it. I didn't take it out with you. And she was like, oh, fuck. Uh, it's still up me. Nah. No. See, that would turn me off. Are you sipping or skipping? I'm going to say... Sip. Yeah. Yeah. You should feel confident in doing stuff like that. Do I? You do Oh, I, don't. I thought you belly. said do. I thought you absolutely do. Do I? No, I don't. Like, it's very hard. It's a lot of effort. Yeah. Pillow princesses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Crunch>. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. A huge thank you to Coca-Cola Zero Sugar for sponsoring the podcast. We're huge fans of Coca-Cola Zero Sugar and we're so excited to be working with a brand that we love and adore so much. Mm-hmm. Make sure to pick up a can the next time you are out and about. Coca-Cola Zero Sugar is available literally nationwide so you can get it anywhere and everywhere. Also, now you can go back and listen to our bonus episode for Monday, Home we Drink Extra Juice. So make sure to listen back to that now before a new bonus episode next Monday and every Monday to come. And don't forget to like, rate and subscribe to the podcast and we'll see you all next week we or one day yeah Monday. love you bye.
0: bye hold my drink with Charlene and Ellie a go loud original podcast proudly sponsored by Coca-Cola zero sugar best coke ever take a taste